Attention, Pokemon players. You are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. On today's episode, Chuck gets a teammate. Jake gets fleeced. And we are going live again. How are we doing today, Chuck? We're doing good. Doing good. It's a, well, another week. Yeah. More more Pokemon news and another team challenge happened for the store I qualified for. And now I have a teammate. Um, yeah. I believe his name was Dave, but um, he is actually the gentleman that I played in the finals of the first qualifier. Um, so he brought his Gengar VMAX deck and won the second one this time. There we go. So, um, I only held him out for one tournament. There we go. I mean, congratulations to Dave. Finishing second and then first um, in back-to-back. That's the way to get packs. I mean, if you really want to get greedy with it and you qualify, <laughs> you want to go second, 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 first. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, but, I think he jumped the gun a little bit, but no, congratulations. Uh, solid showing on both uh, team tournaments for sure. Yeah, um, there was a, a more more people this one too. So he technically he won the harder tournament if you want to go by people. Yeah, count. I mean so, from what I remember, you kind of just kind of squeaked in there with a technicality. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we squeaked in. It was a three way tie that I happened like there was a tie at the top that I happened to to be the best of uh, that that won it. Yeah, uh, but it was only like a four or five player tournament, whereas he the one he won was. Uh, they reached eight or seven or eight. Okay. So, well, good on him. To, Congratulations. He actually <laughs> had to do a top cut. So, right. Well, there we go. Um, well, this week also, um, you guys had the the team tournament, but we also had a pre-release at our locals. Um, the first one that I was a part of um, yeah. had a lot of fun. I didn't. Um, I I ended up going. We, we had what uh five rounds so i think it, yeah it was three and two which i would have gone um at least at least got another win there um but i got fleeced by i believe it was d he has a couple daughters and a couple uh sons so they're all um i think she was the oldest and i think she's probably around like 14 or so mm-hmm. um and so we're playing she has she has a fire the fire i have uh grass so already at a disadvantage um and you know we're just playing having fun and she has two two chimchars and she attaches the energy to the the bench and then tries to proceed to use uh the magma basin to active um and you know i was like i pointed out i'm like you can't do it that way um and in if I was cutthroat, I would say, yeah, you're, you're done. You're stuck. But she, she, she looked at me and just like, can I please redo it? And I'm like, okay, that's fine. That's fine. I'll, this one time I'll give it to you. Um, and then she proceeded, proceeded to boss up my, uh, the berries or whatever those are called. And it was my <laughs> one chance at winning because I, if I take knockout, especially with that misplay, like she has nothing on the bench and I just probably win next turn. Cause I have everything else set up. Um, so Karma instantly bit me in the butt for <laughs> for giving a redo, uh, redo to her. But good on her. Oh yeah, she also yeah. I said she bossed up uh, my Pokemon. Yeah, she pulled the boss's orders. Like I'm not anticipating boss in pre-release. You never yeah. see a gust in pre-release, so it was very specific, and I, it I re- was very aggressive. I remember was- this because I remember. I think I remember hearing you. Wait, you have a boss? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, like so shocked. No one, no one um, 
ever gets gust when it comes to pre-releases, but it is right. a printed card and she pulled it out of her packs, I guess. And right. So she was like the one person with uh, gusting in her deck. Right. Uh, yeah. So it was just like so many things happened bad for me um, by letting her do that. But, but again, I'm not going to be that guy that's just going to be cutthroat um, at a fun event. So um, still ended up doing well. Um, didn't pull anything of note, really. I got a shaman. Um, I did get a whimsicott that I'm giving you and you can't say no. Um, and then one of our locals got a, a great ball and I might have offered him some money to give it to me. <laughs> I. I uh, was also at your at this pre-release, and it was. Um, I also went three and two. Um, I have, I have a little. I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna complain a little. Are we bit. going to the salt mines? I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna dip into the salt mine about <laughs> a little early in the episode, but let's go into the salt mines. Um, it has nothing to do with. It's just the the, the new for, like the new deck mm-hmm. idea. Um. I just one I realized there was basically the the Turtwig Grotto line, yeah, and then and you get Burmese the grass. There's grass, there's a little bit of fire, and then there's fighting. That was it. Like you got a combination of the three. Like you either got like firefighting or I, I guess fighting and grass was also a mix, but there was a mixture of those three. I just didn't like. The fact that like it came built and there's a, like nothing to do with the deck. Like I basically opened my previous kit and I was like, all right, well, this is what I'm playing because this is the best option. And I also didn't like after I realized that uh, they put a weakness out there. Like f- grass was the only thing that fought a weakness. Right. And that was me. <laughs> like in a pre-release format where that is just going to make everything like hard for grass just to have the fire pokemon out there where they could have simply just put um i don't know anything else besides monfernos um in there that might have been intriguing like uh a dragon pokemon that they printed or something like it's just something that doesn't hit grotto for weakness or torterra or the grass pokemons in general yeah because uh, actually i realized it didn't actually matter to burmy because mothram's weak to lightning but, well, it did matter in my game because it was the Chimchar that hit me for 30, but was 60 because of weakness on that gust. On the Burmy? On the Burmy. Okay. Because that well, Burmy is. So it did make a difference for me in my pre-release. Not that it really like matters and ultimately because yeah, you know, it's, it's mean, a pre-release is a pre-release. It's a pre-release. It's that's just uh it, what it like it's supposed to be fun. And that just lowers the fun bar for me a little bit when you're okay. I mean that's you have to deal with weakness in that. If you're not going to create anything, like right. you can't, like I couldn't play around the fact I, I somehow managed through five rounds never to play a fire deck, so play against a fire deck. So I had really? an okay time, but um, I didn't have an answer for it. Like it was going to be throwing grass Pokemon at fire Pokemon, right? So, um, but that's my little bit of salt. I just don't like the uh, if they if they're going to do it like they've done, just be cognizant of that guys that pick pre-release decks (laughs) um other than that i didn't really pull anything myself one could say that i pulled something awesome is because i got a charizard v um it's just the basic charizard v that i find is the lesser of the two charizard v's that they've already printed and 
uh, I mean, someone might want it right now, but I feel like that's just going to drop to where the other one is currently. Wasn't that card going for like $50 or something like that? Some crazy? You could buy it on TCG Player for pre-sale for $30, but I don't know why you would, because the other one is obviously, like, it's a $3, 3 to $4 card, like, right, right now. And that's right. just because his name's Charizard. So I essentially see that going down that way, um, and I probably will never use it because of that, but... Correct. I just find the other one better. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's all. This is fun, fun pre-release behind besides that. Yeah. Yeah, we got we got the pre-release out of the way. We got the team challenge out of the way. We got the salt mines out of the way. Sorry, guys, I don't have any salt this week. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, I mean we can let's go into all our fun shenanigans at the beginning of all, all our episodes before we get into the topics of the day. Yeah, uh, let's go into trivia first. It's, it's time, time for trivia trivia, trivia. trivia. I'm going to open this up with a question that I feel like you might know. It's me, and I don't know anything about Pokemon lore. I just okay, it has nothing really to do. It's it's going to be TCG related. I have a chance, but it has a little bit of lore to it. Um, so what what is so we're only dealing with standard play right now. So it basically. And I'm only talking about Pokemon V cards at the moment. Okay. So um, what is the one dragon Pokemon they have printed out of typing to print a dragon type? Uh, to print a dra- dragon. So it's card. it's a dragon type in the TCG. No, it, it is, is a, not it a, is dragon. a dragon type outside of everywhere besides the TCG that this card is printed for. So if you play the VGC, it's not this typing. If you play it on Pokemon Go, it's not this typing. But it's but, dragon in But it is the a TCG. different typing in the card game and it has a card. Hmm. I don't know if it's a, a weirdly worded question, but it is it has the it, very basically the worded. wrong typing that is the, dragon in the TCG. But it but it no, it's it is not dragon type in the TCG. Oh, okay, that makes it a little harder. Uh, uh but it is in the Pokemon lore, it is dragon type. Hmm. In the TCG, it is a different type. Ooh, nothing's jumping off the top of my head. Okay, let's see. Um, and it's wrong. And it, but it doesn't. No, is it Drake dissolve? The, the point is, it doesn't actually contain this typing. No, it's it's Pokemon. it's the electric one, right? The the Drake dissolve, right? Well, no, that wasn't my answer. Oh well, isn't he supposed to be dragon type? Uh, I be- I believe uh, Drake is old. Is now I'm gonna have to look this up because <laughs> you. Uh, this is I what believe... I get for saying, "Hey, <laughs> pick something." I believe he is dragon type. Let me. Um, I get I get credit. Real quick. Um, but the. Just tell me the answer. What you had. The point is the card. He the card is a type that he is not actually typing up. So you are right. Drake is old. Is is a dragon type, but in the hard game, he is electric type which is also part of his typing okay like he's so i got half credit. electric type pokemon. i got half credit yeah you get half credit so you're okay. somewhat right but the the point is the the dragon i'm i'm thinking of salamance because salamance is a dragon type pokemon that is printed as colorless a type pokemon and yep. he is not a normal type I, so pokemon. i was thinking salamance but i'm like no he's just definitely dragon and then yeah i didn't even think that he was normal so you, you got me there. Ah, I should have picked it because I think I'm going to try to make that deck work again. 
<laughs> Dang it, you got me. Yeah, that was um, that was my attempt. Now I guess they use normal type because he's flying type, but I still think potentially. I think he. Yeah, I'm not sure. But um, all right, well let that was a pretty good one. You did stump me, so let's go on to mine again. We're gonna play. Um, guess this Pokemon. This ability belongs to um it is standard legal as per the use um and the ability name today is group power uh google what's the answer oh geez i have no idea group power um, i will give you a hint that this I, is and i'm gonna i'm gonna say and execute no Okay. I'll give you a hint, and if this one doesn't give it to you, then um, I don't know what else to do without telling you. Uh, it is it is a basic rapid strike water Pokemon. Is it wishy-washy? <laughs> yes, sir, it is. <laughs> Group power. If this Pokemon has three or more waters uh, energy attached to it, it gets 150 HP I, in, in addition. I, I did not know that was the actual name of that ability, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, no, I knew that Pokemon existed and I knew that that was an ability, but I did not know that it was called group power. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it makes sense because Wishy Washy just has a bunch of them going swimming all along. (laughs) All right. Well, that's trivia. Random card madness time. Random card madness. um, We are going to look at Brilliant Stars again and talk about some new cards because new cards are fun to talk about so we're going to generate a new number and for those new listeners we're going to pick basically going to generate a random number between 1 and 172 because that's how many cards are in the brilliant stars set and then we're going to decide whether this card is good keep it in the deck keep, keep it put it in a deck build a deck around it or if it's garbage throw it in your bulk bin sell it do whatever you want with it all that fun just rip it uh, yeah, that's an option i i don't condone ripping I mean, we have a couple locals that just really love to rip cards. I don't advertise or agree with ripping Pokemon cards. No matter how many. R.I.P. Al Creamy. (laughs) All right. So generating random number. We got uh, card number 106 in the set, which leads us to the set list. That is going to be a Pokemon V. It is a number 106 Flygon V. Dragon type (laughs) HP 220 basic Pokemon. All right, so this guy's got two different attacks. We got for a grass and fighting energy, it is sand spray attack for 70 damage. That's it. Mm -hmm. And then for a grass, fighting, fighting, and a colorless, so four total energy, you have dragon impulse, 160 damage. If your opponent's active Pokemon is a Pokemon VMAX, this attack does 160 more damage and discard three energy cards from this Pokemon. Right. That's a potential 320 damage then. Yep. And then with a with a belt, uh, what was the belt name? The vitality belt. It is a choice belt. Choice belt. Either way, yeah. I, it is. So, I have it in front of me from my there we go. Kit. I did not get a choice belt, so I don't remember. Um, that is a Oko on basically anything um that is a V star or a V Max. Again, I think there is potential the energy cost is just a little hard or a little clunky to get to um consistently i guess um so there's a strike against it there 
Um, we have a, a meta perceived to be kind of spread between VMAXs, VSARs, and single prizers. Um, so there's another strike against it because 160 doesn't knock out some of these uh, basic or these uh, one prize Pokemon that are evolution types. Um, nor does it knock out the V stars because it only does extra damage to V V maxes. Um, I tend to think it probably won't work very good. Um, so I think I would just keep it in my in my bulk binder for potential. Uh, but right now, I don't I don't think we're going to see this card have any success. So bulk for me. Um. I've come to realize I think three is like the magic number for energy. Like four, you got to really, really pay off um, to get there. And it's got to be the right like count of four, I guess. Like it has to be like. Yeah, you said what? Like, you said like, grass, two fightings and a colorless? Yeah. Like That's kind of awkward. The four isn't bad. And I feel like the attack is worth four energy because you're potentially doing 320 damage. And you're talking VMAXs to do that 320 damage, four energy is not like too much to ask for um it's the combination um because the grass fighting fighting that's going to be weird to get to um it's not rapid strike or single strike so you're not getting the ability to accelerate fightings to it which yeah would have made it reasonable um i think that combination of energies is what's gonna hold it back correct otherwise if someone finds a way to accelerate the energies to this card, I think you can find use for it as a tech attacker to kill VMAXs in a deck that doesn't necessarily that doesn't I mean, necessarily run VMAXs. I mean, Ar Arceus or Arceus um, is always kind of that card right now that has that full full blitz esque kind of um, attack that potentially makes any card like this decent. The problem is it is it's a <laughs> it's a V right. So yeah. it's, it's going to get knocked out um, potentially even if it's on the bench, like a gust knockout. A lot of these V maxes already do knock it out that are just more consistent anyways. Um, so. See the thing you just totally lit a, a spark or turn on a light bulb in my brain because a deck that just like wants to run like a, just Arceus theme deck. Mm -hmm. So you just run Arceus. That's your main Pokemon. You're going to hit for 200 on, on turn, most turns. Yeah, looking to knock out V's, I guess. But if you you can run one or two of this Flygon in your deck, in your deck, and then you can Trinity Star or whatever the heck that attack is called, and then with this out on the bench, and you're play, you're noticing you're playing a deck that plays B, B maxes. Yeah. So then you can go get that Grass Fighting Fighting, and then you don't care what energy energy you have left. You literally Correct. just attach that fourth, and then you can knock out V maxes in return so then you're 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 putting them in that that opponent in a well do i take the v-star arceus or do i take that flygon that's just going to knock me out so you put them in that sophie's choice yeah um, i mean i think it, it might have a room room like you said in in a arceus like box almost like a sylveon box but again uh sylveon box had a couple you know weeks where it had its time to shine um but generally over this last meta um, a deck like that, it's just a little clunky because of all of the different options or pieces. Yep. Um, and if this Flygon is going to work in something like that, you're still going to have that same overall inconsistencies as as the um, 
as what, what did I just say? The, the Sylveon box. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think it's going to light the world on flyer fire, but flyer. <laughs> uh, yeah, flyer. Um, but I would take this card and I would hold on to it because oh, for you sure. never know what someone might come up with uh, that can make use of that. Oh, we'll, we'll see a tricky gym video eventually where Flygon just comes out of nowhere and, and takes uh, prizes, I'm, just like that beach roll. <laughs> I'm pretty sure everyone was like, I don't need these Drake results, but then someone made a deck. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. When I said bulk, I meant in my binder. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't just throw them away. Um, at least save one or two of these because I do see, you know, if, if that does become an option, um, you, you know, you don't want to be left behind. Yep. All right. That's we had a lot of talk out of that one. So do we want to move into talking the meta with Turtwig? Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, trainers and Pokemon alike, you're listening to <laughs> Turtwig Talks the Meta. This is your host, Ryan, otherwise known as RY for Gaming. I am joined by none other than the best starter of all time, Turtwig. This week we have 16 tournaments. 1,546 deck plays, and 4,656 matches to cover this week. Nonetheless, let's get into those top 8s. Only three decks had notable top 8 uh, experience this week, so let's right into it. Uh, Darkbox had 13 top 8s. Uh, great job for Darkbox. Moltres really kicking butt because it's a single prizer and taking good knockouts. Uh, late game, uh, early game, taking control with Weezing, having the option with Sableye. Really good deck overall. Great job, Dark Box. Uh, Jolteon had 14 top eights this week, solidifying number two in this meta. I really believe Jolteon's a top tier deck and can't really beat the statistics behind it. And last but not least, the best deck in format, the GOAT, the Fusion Strike man himself, Mew Genesect with a whopping 41 top eight finishes. That's ridiculous. 41. There was only 16 tournaments. This dude placed top eight over three times on average per tournament. That's gross. But great job, you Genesect. You did great this week. And uh, that's it for the top eights. And now let's look at those boring meta numbers. These decks had over a 50% win rate this week. Those being Mew Genesect, Jolteon Inteleon, and Urshifu Inteleon, the Rapid Strike. Notable changes coming to Gengar, Umbreon Urshifu, and Zacian. Light week for meta change this week. So Gengar was down in play by 3% and down in win percentage by 5%. So Gengar was not doing so hot this week. Good meta call for last week, not so good for this week. Next, Umbreon Urshifu was down by 9% in win rate, having a whopping 43% win percentage. Umbreon Urshifu really bricking hard this week. Next, Zacian having a 4% decrease in win percentage. I don't know what happened there, but Zacian players just dropped the ball this week. I don't know, Joshua Sutherland's really holding them guys up, but everyone else is dropping the ball. Yeah, I'm calling everyone, calling the rest of y'all out. Great job, Josh. I, I see you in the top eights. Uh, I, I would like to give some appreciation to our local group, Heroes in Comics, by shouting out the winner of our Thursday Locals. This week, rural drums. Jared, the sleeping Snorlax, won his first tournament with his Shadow Rider deck. We're all very proud of you, Jared. Super stoked that you won. Super happy for you, man. But now, we gotta talk some wins for this week. So, all these decks had a single win. Those being Eternatus, Stonejourner, and Rapid Strike Urshifu. Next, two decks had two wins. Those being Jolteon and Gengar. 
taking second place this week, Darkbox had four wins. And taking the gold as usual, Mew Genesect had five wins this week. So that wraps up the wins of the week. Turtwig worked hard on getting all this data ready just for you. So if you could let us know on Twitter at ry gaming your thoughts on this week's report. And that's it for Turtwig Talks the Meta. I hope you all enjoyed and had a wonderful time. Until next time, be safe and take care, Pokemon trainers. And back to the cast. Slow-mo that one, Adam. And we're back. All right, and just like every other day we do this, uh, we're going to go right into the news after the meta. That is correct. News time. Um, And I don't know about you, but whenever I saw this today, and I'm actually really glad. um, So we normally record on Mondays. Um, We are recording this episode today on a Tuesday, hours before we're posting this live. Um, And I was very excited because I saw this uh, article at, at lunch at work, and I definitely... Uh, did a little cheer and it had a couple people look at me strange. Um, so TPCI or, or Pokemon announced um, the new COVID-19 protocols and live events um, on red or for, for certain um, regionals and other things are open now. So live events are open. CP is the thing. We're going to have a season. Um, I am super excited. Uh, to to get to play to travel to see friends to play and obviously be safe because there are a lot of different rules um and guidelines that we do need to stay by um and we'll kind of briefly touch upon some of those but chuck what is your initial thoughts to it being official and registration being starting to open up yeah uh, i mean well i'm i am glad we also kind of waited because this would have been uh the this is like the only bit of news and the only other bit of news was kind of like a downer news. So now we got like the <laughs> biggest upper news that we are going to have the season starting. You can officially go online and sign up for stuff. Um, and then we're, um, I mean, I'm excited. I, it's good to hear that they're finally ready to start. Um, like they opened up the regionals that were scheduled. Right. Um, and then um, within the things that are like continued, like I think we can start seeing other, challenges and and league cups get scheduled um as well because there are guidelines from that they have released now that that stem from those premier events that pokemon run all the way down to small store level events that they are requiring you to abide by but um i mean which is no uh, problem i whatever if you want to play some pokemon for whatever it takes whatever it takes um so as of recording right now which is uh tuesday uh february 15th um the only two um regional styles uh events that are open for registration um is salt lake city and brisbane um those are the only two currently open for registration but others should hopefully um, follow within the next couple days, weeks, um, or, or whatnot. That was the only other bit of news because Orlando was supposed to have a regional mm-hmm. as well, but that may, that regional is, uh, is going to be canceled and that has nothing to do with Pokemon rulings. It's literally Pokemon cannot run the event the way that Pokemon runs to run it within for Florida law. So Correct. basically Florida is preventing Pokemon from being able to run its event there. So the event will be canceled. Yep. So as far as the guidelines and things you need to know, 
obviously you need to be up to date on your vaccinations. Uh, so you have to be vaxxed and masked and social distance uh, cleaning of hands like we've kind of talked about in the past. The one thing that kind of popped out that was maybe a little bit different um, that I didn't necessarily expect is the booster, the boosters are required. Um, if your latest dose of the vaccine wasn't within seven months of, you know, whatever set event you're going to be going to. Um, so if it did, that didn't line up, um, definitely get your boosters if, if you are trying to play. Um, that's the only kind of thing that really popped out of me that was different um, from what we talked about in the past. Yeah, basically, they want you to be boosted, too, if you are basically eligible to be boosted. Correct. Because um, um, if you did, if you, if you were recently vaccinated for the first time, for your first or your, your second of your first shots, then you have to still wait longer. So there is the opportunity of you not being eligible for a booster yet. So that's why you have that seven month window. But if you got it early, then you should be getting your booster too. But I bet most of those people that got their shot early are also getting their booster as soon as possible too. So correct. Not a big deal. Not the, a big deal. Uh, <laughs> trick, the, the trick that threw me for a curve is they still want at premier events to have um, a negative test result, even if you are vaccinated uh, within three days. And that okay. can be the in-home test or a you need to do a one lab test within three days um, or two of the antigen tests within concurrent days. And okay. that is the only other big thing that I remember seeing in there. And that is only these things that we're talking about, the vaccine requirement and the COVID test result um, are on premier events. So those are things like regional championships, international championships, and worlds, things that Pokemon are putting on right. uh, and running themselves pretty much. So those are the events we're talking about for these types of requirements. Um, they also have listed a set of requirements for local events, um, which are not as, not, um, I guess, strict or... A little looser on the on, on yeah. A little looser because uh, it is a little harder to uh, make the staff of a store being able to do all of these actual things and and actually run a store. Um, but basically, masks are going to be required at all events, um, and then they have table spacing requirements. Um, no, you know, pass the pass on the handshake, mm -hmm. uh, things like that. But that uh, is basically must wear a mask and um, a store can um, add in a vaccine requirement. Um, it is not against Pokemon's like policy or um, that they can't add it in and they can't. So don't be surprised if a store might add that on top. As yeah. Well. Again, um, for me and you, I know it's no big deal. And I think basically everybody in the community um, just wants to do everything you know possible to get this while still keep being safe. So all I'm taking away from this is I finally get to play, finally get to meet some of the people that I've um, you know spent the last year and a half, two years, um, you know, building relationships on um, just through this game. So I'm pumped. 
I'm excited. Uh, this is this is the news I was waiting to hear for a while. So um, let's get ready for some IRL play. Yeah, I'm I'm super uh, excited for some an IRL play that is going to earn me some TP for sure. So, um, I'm ready to see some of those events get scheduled, and um, I'm I mean the closest thing I've seen so far is the uh, Nats Nationals that will be in Columbus. So I'm still waiting for that to open up, but right and get yeah. schedule scheduled, but. Yep, but enough about that. I mean, we could talk about IRL coming back all day, and we I kind of that's a little bit of what I want to get into in our main topic. But we do have one more news item that we want to talk to and just kind of reiterate since we are getting closer to the event. Chuck, do you want to take it away on this? Yes, yes, we have one more uh, thing all about live play. Even more news about live play is I we are plugging our charity event that we uh, that I am helping our good friend Duke of Hobbies. Um, run that is going to be a, um, a mixed event between X-Wing and Pokemon, but um, it is our, let me, let me get it in front of me so I don't pronounce the names wrong. It's <laughs> Clara and Yelena Charity Tournament. Uh, it's the first annual one. Um, this is going to help uh, Camp Souls. Um, this is going, the all the money generated is going to go into their charity and help provide underprivileged kids uh, a, a, a chance to learn about the great outdoors and camping skills and, you know, give them you know, the experience of going to uh, camp, uh, right. whether it's for the first time or anything like that. Um, we've got a lot of really cool um, stuff already donated to us for prizing. Yes, um, I can't wait to talk about this. Yes, Dragon Shield um, has uh, said they, they're going to um, sponsor us as well as ultra pro which has already we've seen the swag bag that ultra pro sent a lot of really cool pokemon themed deck boxes binders uh, mats all, all kinds of really cool stuff in that box um uh, our good friend from um oregon magumi gumi gumi um she did that awesome charizard piece like yeah. i don't know if you've seen it on twitter that thing's sick. I'm going for it. <laughs> yeah, she graciously did an art piece for us because she does an art stream and and uh, and the art is awesome. So that is going to be basically raffled off there. Right. Um, and then on top of um, a bunch of local stores giving us different products as well. Uh, I know we got some Pokemon product to give away as well. Um, yeah, and so and then after seeing Gumi's uh, post of that Charizard, it got me thinking, and I actually knew, um, you know a local guy that it doesn't necessarily he's not huge into the the community right now um but he is a really talented artist and he does um so he's done some really cool pokemon stuff um and he was very interested and he's going to donate a few pieces as well so there are going to be really some really um awesome um you know one-of-a-kind unique pieces um that you can only get here um as far as pokemon art um yeah. from Gumi Gumi and my and my co-worker and friend uh Wayne uh which awesome uh awesome artist so cannot wait to see what he gets and I will be posting that on Twitter uh, whenever I get those you know sent to me so I'm excited for that as well so guys stay tuned um and you know Hopefully we get a good event here and, and just get a lot of money raised for cancels. Well, our registration is definitely, uh, we have just, uh, it has actually just opened this weekend 
Um, so we have a registration link. It will be in our show notes too, if you wanted to come. Um, I also have the website for the charity as well. If you want to just uh, look up on it, see what's right. going on. Um, but um, basically just uh, sign your name up and, and, and make a donation to the charity just to register. And that's going to get you in to the specifics of what we're doing Pokemon side. Um, like I said, it's a, it's a, it's a mix event. So there'll be a, a whole side of X-Wing. So if you play X-Wing as well, you can sign up for that if you want as well. But Pokemon wise, we're going to do a standard tournament, standard, standard format uh, and a standard tournament. Um, depending on time, we might switch up to see how many people, um, whether it's best of three or best of one. But then we are also going to be running side pods all day. And, and those pods are going to be what I call open format. So um, you might see a GLC pod. You might see an expanded pod. NIC. I can play Pikaram again. Pod. Let's do it. Um, yeah. Single prize only. Like whatever you want to do. If you get uh, enough people together, um, you pay a little extra fee, but it'll earn you more raffle tickets uh, to put towards all of those cool prizes. And then you can run a small tournament in whatever format you want correct yeah so again um march 26th I, march i didn't 26th. say the date yeah, okay good. 26th <laughs> it's coming it's coming but we got we got our our charity event pokemon's events are coming up soon all good news for just meeting in person playing some uh you know the game that we all love um so i'm pumped and kind of Already had this in mind uh, before, you know, the news dropped. I wanted to kind of talk about, you know, what I've been doing to prep for that. So let's just jump in to the, you know, what the meat of the conversation is this week. Um, and that is kind of prepping yourself for the IRL events to earn as much CP and to, to improve your game and the kind of things that I've been doing a lot lately um, to try to really keep myself accountable and continuously grow as a player. Uh, I think that's what we all want. So I've been really, really, especially this last week, honing in on that. Um, so yeah, let's, let's get into it. So a couple weeks ago, we interviewed Mellow Magikarp and I did ask him that question. What do you consider like a win percentage as like a benchmark of a, a average player, a good player and like an elite player, right? And he said, you know, obviously like 50 to 55% is, you know, you know, average to slightly above average. You get that 60%, you're, you're a pretty good player. You're, 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 you're maybe not elite elite, but you're, you know, you're always competing and you're always, you know, a threat to do well. And, and then that, that 65 plus is, you know, what he considered to be, you know, elite to what did he say? Ice, ice in your veins, kind of a player. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so I really took that to heart because I want to be the latter. And I know a lot of people listening to this want to be the latter. Um, and if not, even just that 60%, just to, you know, go to an event and not feel like you're just, oh, I'm just there. And then I'm probably going to go like three and out or anything like that. So something that you feel like you could go and compete and have a, a legitimate chance to, you know, make cut and maybe have some fun and get some cool prizes or whatever through Pokemon. So, right. That's the goal of all of us on this podcast and probably most of our listeners here. So this week, I, I think uh, what I'll be doing, I don't know if I'm going to say every week on a podcast, but I have started tracking my weekly win percentage and my weekly, you know, win losses. And then I record all of my, you know, that's counting if I get donked or anything, just like Melo said. So I was really took that to heart. And then the real, the, 
the main thing is working on sequencing, working on, you know, misplaced and being honest with yourself and really picking that out. Because I think the biggest thing for most people is not being able to identify a misplay one, even if it's big or small or two, you know, just being honest with them and, and saying that blatantly lost you the game. Even if it's something is attaching an energy to the wrong Pokemon. Cause we've all seen that where it's like, Oh, I just had energy here and I've, I've done it myself and I've seen people do it. And, and it, you just gotta be honest with yourself, I guess is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. All right. So this week um, I, I tried to ramp up my play um, just overall. Um, and I, I don't get to play a lot of I, or like tournaments online. Um, but I made it a point to try to make a, a tournament this week. And I'm going to try to do that, you know, the remaining weeks, at least once online. Uh, you know, sometimes it's, it's unrealistic, but um, I feel like you need to get the reps in. Reps, reps, reps is definitely first and foremost. How you're going to get better is actually playing. Um, um, one thing you could do just to interrupt you. I've yeah. seen other players do this of, of note. Uh, they enter the tournament to get reps, but then they just drop after a certain point, when, no matter how well yeah. they're doing. Yeah, I know I it's kind of it's kind of like if you end up doing well, it's kind of hard to drop when you're like five and one or something. Like, ah, mm-hmm. I got to work in the morning. But it is something Correct. you could do just to get extra it, reps. It is a different it is a different mentality with your opponent because um, you know that they're taking it seriously too in the match. Um, so when you're playing against people on the ladder, you don't necessarily get that. Um, but my data is from ladder from uh, the tournaments and IRL and online because we did have our locals. Um, so I played 26 games or I'm sorry, I went 26 and 12 for a win percentage of 68 percent. So that was above the 65, which I was happy about. Um, but in that as well, um, I actually played some of our playoff games in league um, and actually went one one and two and lost to Zorodad, which he played it well. Um, I'm not going to go into like uh, that game game time decisions there necessarily. Um, and then also played in the Rambos something. I forget exactly what tournament, but there was 80 plus players. Uh, and I was one win off of making cut. And I literally missed cut because of one misplay. Um, and we'll go into that again later with being honest with your misplays. Um, so, I mean, I went... I, I had a, a above 65, but then I also lost some of the more, some of the key games um, that pulled me down. I'm going to give myself a rating of like a C plus for the week. Um, I definitely want to get better. It win a percentage is good, but then also you do need to you know, do it when it matters, I guess the most. Um, so beyond that 65% and the reps, like we were saying, trying to get reps, um, I'm going to keep doing this every week and reporting it at least on Twitter what what i have here um just to kind of keep myself honest and i think that actually also helps me improve being a player because um keeping yourself honest and keeping yourself some some kind of pressure on you um will also help you get to the next level um before we go into even more i also you can't always just play like i was playing Mew, right everybody says you know Mew is you know the bdif and it, it, it is um but you don't necessarily want to get meta shame too. I know a lot of people, at least in X Wing, when I've done, you know, played in the past, um, and I've I've heard it from people in Pokemon too, um, where they meta shame you. Oh, you just won because you're playing the meta deck or the meta list or whatever. And they, 
there is something to be said about meta. I mean, it's, it is good for a reason. Uh, but just because it's good for a reason doesn't mean everybody wins with it, right? Um, yeah. So don't let somebody say, oh, you're just winning because you're playing with the meta deck. I mean, there's plenty of matchups where it is a mirror or you're playing against, there's a lot of Dark Hate out here specifically right now. Um, so the deck is consistent and it leaves a lot of decision-making because of that. This, you don't have to worry about the consistency issues. So you actually can kind of judge yourself as a player a little bit better because there is no, oh, I just got a clunky hand. It's more of you made the right decision or you didn't make the right decision. So that also helps with judging yourself as a player. Did I make the right decisions in these situa situations? Um, so don't let anybody discourage you from playing meta. If you want to play it, cool. If you don't, you want to play something else that's completely fine. It's, but just don't let outside influences, um, at least in a negative way like that, um, affect your deck choice, right? And, and you shouldn't, I mean, we shouldn't really meta shame someone for playing that. Um, depending on how you, how, how you know someone, I might, I mean, me and you yeah. Jake, are like great friends. I might give you a little crap for playing you or something like that, but it's all lighthearted. You really shouldn't, no one should be digging at anyone for playing any deck at any point in time and i think locally you don't see it as much i think it's yeah. more online that you'll you'll play somebody or oh you just won because of this don't don't yeah, let people shame if you, with you that. hear that if you hear that kind of phrase in in a bigger tournament from someone you may not know like oh well that's just because you you i mean you won that because because you're playing you and and whatnot it, the deck still needs to be played there's a pilot in the seat like it's not an autopilot you don't just put the deck down and watch it do its thing yeah you still have to make conscious decisions and you still have to play the deck to its fullest correct now um that deck's a little forgiving in that um it gives you very many many paths to execute it's 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 uh win win cons and things like that yeah but you still have to be able to find them get them and win and, and use them and and you're seeing it being very popular so you are playing into matchups that are people gunning to beat it so Correct. it's not like it's not like an easy cakewalk every time you play that deck so um you shouldn't be hearing those types of things and you shouldn't take it if you if you do hear it you shouldn't be taking it to heart because you know you've made the call that that's the best thing to give you a chance to win and if you're winning just take that as I'm winning. It doesn't matter. Someone else is just being a little salty. They might be digging in the salt mines at the moment because they lost. Correct. And then also, again, uh, on last kind of point with the whole playing the meta decks, um, we, you know, going into CP, you want to play the deck that is, you know, the best choice for you. And if that's the, the deck that's the most consistent, um, I mean, you're paying money to go to these events and you're paying money to try to get these, the, you know, the, as many CP as you can. Um, so why not just go with the deck, you know, that is most consistent if, if that is like the Mew for you. Um, so again, that, that is very important to me uh, to, to put that out there and don't let anybody persuade you otherwise. Yeah, I mean, the biggest point is, I think on the matter for me, is you gotta be having, I, I, to do well, I feel like you have to have somewhat fun with the deck, whatever right. you're going to be playing. And if, um, I mean, we bring this because we bring this up because Mew is a, a, a ginormous portion of the meta currently. Mm -hmm. That may change in two weeks when we get Brilliant Stars. It may, either way, could get right. more popular, could get less popular. But if Mew is what brings you joy, and you have a blast playing it, play it. 
Don't Correct. let anyone tell you not to just because it's the most popular thing in the meta. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Um, but there is a point where like, I'm like, rep, 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 right? Um, there is a point, even if you love new, and I do love new. I played 29 games last week and I went uh, 20 and nine, but I also played a fair share of Leonzard um, just to break it up, to make it fun. I was mm-hmm. still keeping myself accountable um with you know my wins losses on that but like just because you're getting reps or prepped it doesn't always have to be that meta decks you can mix it up a little bit to you know give yourself some extra joy or just mix it up because we're again at the end of the day we're playing a game that we just we're playing a game so um even though you're trying to maybe improve by you know keeping yourself your numbers um or or your win percentages um, as long as you're, you know, you're still keeping enjoyment in the game, you're, you're definitely going to see those wins increase. Well, you, you could also be kind of like me and just not sold on a deck in the meta at the moment. Correct. Um, I, and unlike you, where you played 29 games of new last week, I've probably played 29 games split between seven different decks last week. It's just, yeah. um, I've, I've dabbled in playing ice rider. Uh, that's what I took to the last locals. I've been playing Rayquaza a lot before that um i've been uh dabbling online with with muvi max as right. well playing it as um seeing if i it's just i'm still in the phase of trying to figure out what is uh the best call for me to play and when you're looking at it at that in in terms of like how you are in in keeping track of your play for me i am looking at it more as like i just want to be above I want to I want to stay above 500 with what I, whatever I'm playing. Mm-hmm. I want to be a above 500 player. Yeah. No matter what, I, no matter if I'm playing Mew Vmax or if I'm playing a, a janky Star You Starmy build right. of something. Like I just want to know that I am above above 500 player. Yeah, and I guess you guys also have to keep it in perspective of what you're trying to achieve. Like. Like you said, you want to be, I think everybody's goal definitely is to be over 500 um, to always feel like, you know, you have a puncher's chance no matter the matchup. Um, for me, I know I'm crazy. My goals, I know I'm newer to the game, but my goals is to win worlds, right? I, yeah. I, I don't know if that will ever happen, but if I'm not as hard, like I am trying to get 65 to 70% win percentage. And I know that's crazy. And I'm, some people might say it's like insane, like standard to try to keep, um, but that's the mentality I'm having, you know, to try to get my goals. But if your goal is, you know, just make cuts, have fun and, you know, have chances to win random ones here or there or, or whatever it is, you know, keep your goals in perspective. Um, and then whatever brings you joy is, is, you know, what I'm trying to get at. So you don't want to add like too much pressure on yourself, depending on, on you know, where you're at in your Pokemon career uh, for sure. Um, that being said, um, I think this is a big one um, where I've heard this locally. I've heard this online. I've seen people say it uh, in many different games. It's not this is not Pokemon specific, um, but misplays um, and keeping yourself accountable um, with misplays. I've heard so many people. Oh, yeah, if this would have not happened. Um, I would have won this game or or anything like that. And there's many different things and there's many different ways of identifying misplace, like I kind of said earlier, um, with energy attached. Um, if you attach the energy to the wrong Pokemon at the wrong time, that can mean a retreat, you know, two turns down the line that you 
could have had. Um, or it could have meant like an attack that you could have had um, if you sequenced, you know, if you put the energy on the right Pokemon and then sequenced and then got any acceleration, you could have had an attack for win. Um, it's something like that. Or just playing a supporter before you do all of your thinning. Um, or, or this one is what I, this is the reason I lost this weekend, which is um, I was playing a mirror match and I didn't check my prizes well enough. Uh, it was a mid game. Um, I was playing the mirror match in Mew and it was mid game. I already took two prizes and I was ahead in the prize race. I could have bossed up a Genesect and taken the kill. And then had, I had more boss and then, you know, taken the, the kill the next turn. Um, cause I had four prizes remaining. Uh, I looked at the board state. I saw that there was a UV max and I had a fair, I had the, the fusion strike energy on, on my Pokemon in play. So I was, I was getting greedy and I wanted to take the KO and the Mew cause there was no other Mew. Right. And I wanted to make sure they had no backup attacker next turn that was meaningful. Um, cause there was already some fusion strikes in. Um, but without actually checking the deck, I just blindly threw um, my my uh, Fion or Peonia, Peony, Peony. I always get that name wrong. Peony. Uh, uh, and I was going to go for the double tablet for knockout and then just have game and just like break their soul so they didn't, you know, attack me. Obviously, I didn't check my prizes and and my other tablet was in my prizes and didn't take the knockout. And then they subsequently won it. And then I. You know, I missed I missed cut by one game. It was that one decision that literally made made or break the whole thing. And and it could be one decision in a whole tournament that you know may, means success or not success. So you have to be real with yourself. You could have been like, oh, I was unlucky, I didn't have it, or you could be like, oh, I just you know be honest with yourself. I didn't check my prizes, yeah. or I forgot what my prizes were because this one was mid game, and I I believe I remember thinking I had it. Um, obviously I didn't. So, you know, whatever it takes for you to realize what you have in your deck, um, is huge and, and being honest with yourself, um, when things like that happen, because I know, um, it is the hardest thing to do as a player in any game is to realize it was sometimes your fault. Yeah. I mean, it is really hard to, to chalk up. Well, it, it, it's hard to just kind of put blame on yourself. Like right. um, in a, in a thing like this, there's a lot of variance too that you can kind of push off blame. But um, it's one of the things I try and do and look at just how you played the hand and um, or how you played a little bit just to know, you know, well, you know what, maybe if I did this a little differently, I might have saw one more card. Or right. um, if I if I slow played this instead of when aggressive, I might not have been in the situation that I, I'm in or something like that. Right. Or, or it might've been like, maybe if I put my pedal to the, like, if I decided to take the risk, right. like, then you might have, you might have been able to do something, but. Right. And you, then you just have to realize that when you play, there are multiple trees of answers mm -hmm. and, and realize that the one you took may not have, that's not the right one. If you, you lose. Right. Like that wasn't the right tree. I've miscalculated. And then next time you can use that experience to right. recalculate it, to do a different tree if right. you come into that scenario. And you're talking about trees and decisions. 
it is easy for players to see one line, uh, how they think they can get out of whatever given scenario, right? And then be very tunnel vision and not see what's around them. Uh, I have another example for this week, again, because I've been writing down all my misplays. Um, and then this is, I guess, the, the, the second biggest misplay I've made uh, of the week. I was playing actually our locals uh, at our locals playing against our random dude, Adam. And I was playing the the counterbox deck, the the wheezing with the Moltres and all that, uh, and, and Intellions with uh, with pings and damage. Um, it was end game, and all I needed to do is is triple ping his bench, take knockout on um, his active. Um, but he 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 took not he put ping damage on me, and I was just thinking to myself, okay, because I had a drizzle. Like, okay, he's just going to knock it out no matter what and, and then just take win next turn if I don't get him off the board. And I pigeonhole myself to thinking, okay, I have to get him off the board. So I scoop up at him off the board when in reality, if I would have pinged with the other two Inteleons and then scooped one of them up to evolve him, I could have pinged again for a third time to take that bench knockout and then take active. Uh, and I was thinking just, I, I and again, as soon as I was done with the play, I stepped back and looked at it from an outside perspective. And I was like, man, I, I really messed that up. Um, but but I was pigeonholed in that moment. I was just like, this is what I have to do. I have to get him off the board or else he just takes two prizes the next turn and wins because I thought, okay, I'm just a little behind and then I can, you know, do other things. But sometimes, and I, and I know Pokemon, especially in IRL coming up soon, you're going to have to make decisions in a timely manner. But at the same time, if you can step back and, and just, you know, rethink things sometimes and, and see it from a different perspective or, or think of a different solution um, to, to one, um, you may find a win condition that you weren't, you know, necessarily thinking of right off the, right off yeah. the hop. Yeah, I mean, and, and there's going to be times, though, when, when you, you, you don't catch it. I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty. So, I mean, yeah, um, it's just... I find that you get to those experiences that, and when you go through them, living them, yeah, uh, you know, pain is the best learning tool. It sometimes. sure is. So, I mean, you might have some of that and then you'll learn from the next time and, and you'll be able to really question every choice to know if, if there's another way around it. Like, Correct. like you, like you, in that situation, is there, all right, well, I can't leave him on the board, but is there another way around it than just, using the scoop up net so um it just comes yeah. comes, with, comes with more play and 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 sometimes making those mistakes is going to help advance that exactly um and for me i like anything positive or negative i always write down i i'm one of those people that have to write it down so if i write it down it's not even that i necessarily go back to it and read it it's just the action of writing it down um helps me like it it, it stick in my brain so just another tip that I use um, while trying to improve my game um, slowly over the course of time here. Uh, I am, I am, I learned the best from uh, getting burned. Like, uh, Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. I'm one that like, I don't like when we, when I first start playing, I'm like, don't take it easy on me. Just if I do something dumb, I'm going to learn about it. If you just crush me, like, correct. Um, that's the way I learn. Uh, if I make huge mistakes, like I make them once and I'm like, okay, I see what just happened here. And then I can learn from that. So that's the way I, like, I expect that 
and uh, that's why I might have a little bit of a slower train going than like in my expectations of where I'm going to be because I'm still trying to grow my entire gameplay base, like mindset as well. Correct. Correct. Um, yeah, I there's always different ways to learn lessons, but like again, it goes down to reps, still keeping it fresh, having fun, keeping yourself accountable. Um, all huge, huge things. Um, especially, you know, I've been really narrowing that in, like I said, after we talked to Mellow Magikarp, because uh, that really, you know, hit home there. Um, another thing, again, now we're going to IRL play. Um, the meta is going to change here in, in a couple of weeks with the new stuff. Um, but no matter what deck you choose, um, another thing that is really, really important is to know the meta, know what every deck does in general. Obviously, we're never going to know what some secret spice is. Um, and I'm not, I'm, I'm excluding the secret spice that might catch us off guard one weekend, you know, coming up soon during a regionals. But if you have the basic idea of what every single deck does, um, the archetype that's out there, that we've seen on Limitless um, that has, you know, that you will potentially see and knowing a good handle of, you know, 55 of the 60 cards um, and what that deck's trying to do, it is huge. Um, so like I said, I, I like to play Mew. I, I find enjoyment because I actually just like the deck. Also, it's good, but it's also good to get reps against other decks and have reps with other decks just to know what's in there and what they want to do, what, what, what it hates, what it likes, um, their win condition. So that way you have a better decision. Um, it might sound simple, um, but it is pretty time consuming to, um, to do that. And, but I think it's very important if you're serious on trying to make a run at worlds or even just trying to, like, if you can only go to a regionals and you're trying to make cut or make noise, I think that is something you definitely want to do. Yeah. Um, there's a reason why a lot of, a lot of guys out there make proxies so early on stuff that they can't get. They just, they want to get those reps in early. Right. That's, that's one of the things that I don't, I don't really do that. I want to start changing up a little bit, but um, cause I'm, I'm more of a, I have this weird thing that I just, I have to have it to play it before I, I don't like playing with proxies, but. Well, with, with uh, that was fine. in like the, the, the COVID era, I guess, but yeah. whenever we're going into IRL, we need reps so like yeah I, the I, thing is yeah um there's a lot of things that are like um full grip tournament coming up i mean that's two days after set release even if i get what i want i wouldn't have any reps with anything um so the, the there's a there's a thing about getting the printer and just trying things out right slapping some writing things on energy cards we all got enough energy cards oh yeah we all have enough energy <laughs> cards i don't know if you've seen the the like if everybody on twitter has seen my uh my drizzles that i did for your your birthday bash because we were yeah. having three so i drew up drizzles and intellions it was fun um but yeah anything it takes to get those proxies out um so you can just get some irl your your hands on it and kind of just get a feel for whatever deck you're playing um yeah because no going one's, into no new events no one's ex expecting everyone to just be able to drop money on every card in the set either even online or right in, in irl but i mean just put a sl slapping a piece of paper in just to, to get reps with it so you know what it does um is is a good just a little bit of practice because right. playing it is a little bit better than playing against it necessarily right I mean, knowing the 
the thought process behind it will help you better play against it. So, yeah. And then as far as meta analysis and just kind of knowing the meta and, and the 60, like we're saying, I think out of anything that we've talked about, this is where you can kind of rely on your local community, your friends that play the game, um, really communicate with them. It was what they've been seeing, what, what you've been seeing, um, maybe what they've been playing and or some text. Um, this is when like where the communication within the community really kind of can help you as a player individually and at a, a, you know, your, your local community level is just talking and, and just, and, you know, figuring out what the metas, you're getting a, a feel for what the meta is in that given week, because IRL play will change the way the meta is. We're going to see new decks like cycle in and out text and all that stuff. So it's not going to be as much online anymore. So you're going to really have to rely on some, you know, your community locally, or you're just your online community or, or whoever your trust group is inside the game of Pokemon really, really rely and lean on, lean on them. And if you can get that trust group to spread outside of your 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 physical meta, your physical play area, because that's the one thing you want to be cognizant of, especially if you start traveling for events. So uh, just say like right now, hypothetically, me and uh, in our local Pittsburgh meta, uh, Jolteon could be is like super hype. Like right. a lot of people are playing Jolteon. We tech for Jolteon. Uh, we play fighting more because Jolteon is popular in our in our local meta. Right. But if you are then going to be like, well, I'm going to go to this regional in uh, St. Louis. Yeah. And then you go to St. Louis. They Jolteon could be playing might not be hyped there. Like right. Some people will probably play Jolteon, but you have to take it outside of the fact that you have to see what will be a generalized or even world like you're you're talking missouri meta you're talking bigger u.s meta like what yeah. is the bigger scale so like something else might be even more popular so then you have to take those calls into consideration too yeah yeah there's local meta and then there's just like just meta abroad because <laughs> i've done that not necessarily in pokemon but in other tournaments where you're just like this i see this stuff all the time all the time and i mean you never see it. it and then you go to a regional and you're like i didn't see this thing once and i have these three cards in my deck that are dedicated to it and never needed them and just took dead space so yep so it comes down to execution of your deck it comes down to meta calling um and then just being real with yourself so there there are a lot of things as a player you know you need to do to have success in these bigger events um but it, it, that's where the fun lies right because uh, it, yeah. it is a challenge it is a puzzle um and it's a puzzle that never has the same answer so I can't wait again. Um, those are just some things that I was doing uh, and really focusing on this last week and a half, two weeks, um, even before we got the news. But I think it was just kind of good timing that that this news dropped with kind of what we wanted to talk about today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was kind of fortuitous that that news dropped. Yep. So. Yep. Thanks. Thanks for the the. Uh, valentine's day to delight delay us <laughs> yes uh love was in the air and it stopped for, pokemon <laughs> for both of us having uh significant Wives, yes we, we had to we made sure we paid attention to on on their on their day of the year yes for sure all right so we kind of talked about some tips tricks and you know expectations you know you have on yourself 
um, as far as improving your game, um, IRL start coming up. Now, I do, before we leave, I want to talk about full grip uh, 1K uh, because actually 2K, 2K, that's right. I'm sorry, the 2K. Uh, I know both of us are going and we have a good number of our locals going. Um, so I want to talk about, you know, what you're expecting to see um, in preparations of, you know, bigger events and as far as just the event itself. And then I want to kind of talk about the meta and kind of what you're going to bring kind of like the, the card aspect of it. Um, but first and foremost, um, is there anything going into this event that you want to focus on outside of like actually playing the game, but something that you can kind of help you gear up towards those bigger regional events? Um, not so, I don't know. I, I feel like having played in the Fusion Strike 1K, my expectation for this one is I need to come up with a better, I think, call. Right. Um, my play sounded like I, my play was, I felt like I didn't make any kind of like rookie mistakes for IRL play or anything like that. Mm. That was clean. Um, but I just didn't, I don't think I brought the most optimal deck for, for said format mm -hmm. we were in. So, um, I'm looking at really trying to make a better call this time and, and getting closer and really kind of like honing in what I might actually see. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I think that is huge. Like making the right meta call is almost as big as just having a clean game, um, for those given weeks. But for me, I think what I am there's a couple things I'm looking forward to is as far as this is my first IRL event outside of just our small local group. Um, so there's three things that I really want to hone in on. I want to, since this is a new format, I want to hone into the meta, what the meta is looking like there. Um, because this might actually help us make judgment calls into going to um, Indianapolis or Jersey, because I think those are going to be the same metas, right? Um, similar. If, if, if similar metas. So that is going to be huge. Just kind of seeing what people make in real life right up in, into a new meta. Um, so the mixture of just, of, of what we perceive to already be meta decks, what we're going to be, uh, how many percentage we're going to see meta, how much percentage we're going to see counter decks, like those dark boxes that we've been seeing. Um, and then how many decks are going to be like percentage wise, just like fun or jank. So I want to see where that kind of, those three categories mix in. Um, and kind of try to make my judgment calls in other metas or other tournaments based on kind of just what I'm seeing here. Because uh, this is going to be the biggest Pokemon event that I've been a part of um, yeah. since, you know, you know, uh, IRL coming back. Um, another thing I want to notice, because again, we're, we're um, going into IRL play uh, at a lot of places. I think the, the Ohio area um, has their fair share of really good players, but I want to see how just in general, how sharp people are playing in real life compared to PTCGO because it's one thing about making like correct plays because when everything's doing it for you, but I want to make, see how people are shuffling, how people are cutting your decks, um, how long it takes them to make a decision. Cause these are things in a outside of the Pittsburgh meta that I've not seen or been a part of. So I, I, I want to make like an, a, a conscious effort to kind of, wrap my head around that so I know what I need to do in the next tournaments because those are very important things to me 
Um, if I know if I have to make decisions faster because I'm thinking people are, are going a little bit slower um, or, or if they're going way faster than I anticipated, you know, and maybe not try to outpace them. Because I know a lot of times, in, in depending on the game, if, if your opponent's going fast, sometimes that makes you want to go fast. And then if you're trying to outpace them, maybe you'll make a misplay. So kind of finding that where your pace needs to go compared to the meta. Um, that's a huge thing, too. Um, and then what else? Uh, and then also being able to see, you know, how often somebody you know, might say something to you or if you have to speak up for yourself. So if somebody is going way too slow, um, I want to see how people react if I say, hey, can you speed it up a little bit? You're going a little slow or something like that, because I, I don't know how people in this community react to that. And I think that's very important. And I've never actually made a judge call against somebody that was like, not my friend, like I'll make a judge call against you all day long and just laugh about it. But I've never made a judge call and say, Hey judge X issue. I, I want to see how that is. And then same thing with like accidentally seeing um, too many cards or, or that kind of thing. And I want, I want to get a feel for what that is. So those are the biggest takeaways of IRL that I'm looking for outside of the actual playing the game and, and the, the deck testing and and like the meta call and, and sequencing and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, those for, for, for those larger first time events, um, that's where, I mean, that's where mine, mine was at when, when I went to the fusion strike one at uh, the last, at uh, the last cool time, the one yeah. full grip one K uh, I was more or less looking at, um, I went with a deck that I was comfortable with and then um making sure like I just had clean play, which is why now I'm more looking at what I want to know what the meta is going to be like, because also it's weird to judge um, a, an event that's literally the day after a set releases. Right. So like you have to also think like how, like how many people actually had Mew at the time could actually get Mew like built. So well, I, I, it was there. Um, I mean, we all know that Mew is really good upon release. Like, yeah, that's another it, thing. Is because thing. like it only took like another week before everyone was like, "All right, well, we need to build this deck." Build I mean, we deck. know Arceus is going to have many different forms, but how many yeah. people in this one are going to have Arceus? Exactly. Um, so, and, and I think the meta in general will stay similar. There are going to be other archetypes out there, like Fire. We'll see some increase in play. Um, but the biggest thing is that for me, at least in this specific one, is is those little cards that aren't going to be hard to find. Like Ultra Ball is not going to be hard to find. There's plenty of old ones that you know that that card in itself changes Mew completely. So that matchup now is is completely different than it used to be. And there are other examples of that. So it's it's more of like there are going to be new archetypes. But how are the old archetypes going to look now? Um, in comparison to what they did just you know two days ago uh and that that's where the testing comes and i think what i know our group wants to do is is get a little bit of early testing have maybe a round table about it kind of figure out where we think things are going to lie and then kind of make our decision from there um so it, it's a very interesting dynamic and one again i haven't really been a part of in the pokemon in irl since you know the covid started yeah. that being said you, I know we're a week and a half away from the full grip 2K. Um, what is your first initial thoughts of something that you are going to bring 
to the to the 2K. Uh, I am really torn between. I think I might try and take something completely new. Um, I really need to start testing new archetypes. I think. Right. Uh, I really want to start looking at fire decks. Um, I'm super hyped on them. I, yeah, that's yeah. why I kind of want to. I, I need to see how they match up against everything else, um, and then see how bad water will be, because it might. I mean, Suicune, water. Sweekun, Ice Rider, still thing. Card. I mean, Inteleon's not a card as well that can do water attacks. Right. So, um, yeah, that's that's why I just want to. I, I want to get a little testing out to make sure I'm I'm there consistent and strong enough to, to right. play because i think i would have a lot of fun and i think i can be competitive with it otherwise right. i still have a couple other decks out there that i think are going to do well i mean right um, use them you vmax is a solid option that i have in in like the back pocket i could go with throw some ultra balls in it get a little better but that's where yeah. my head is leaning let's see right. if i get enough practice that i feel confident about it right so there's two deck well there's really only one deck that I am consider bringing at this point. Um, and it, as much as I do like fire and I think Leon's art, you've heard me on this train here. Um, I am hyped about it. I think this deck with some major testing can have a huge impact on the meta. Um, but I think Mew is my choice so with the ultra balls, making it consistent. I think the ultra ball takes away that weird in the middle of the game clunkiness that the deck has seen because you know how many times you've taken like a two prize or three prize or mid game. And now you're stuck with the hand. It's like eight cards and none of them are good. None of them are usable. Uh, and you have no way to burn those cards um, to start like rolling other cards out there. Um, so ultra ball changes that for me for the Mew. Um, again, I think the deck is going to be great. There's going to still be some dark counter boxes out there. Um, but honestly, um, we didn't even actually talk about this as far as, as you know, just getting good or or something that can improve your win percentage. Um, but just sticking games out that you think that you're going to lose, um, a lot of times you can still win. So even if you're playing against those dark decks, you are generally more consistent than them. Um, now, Ultra Ball might change that for them too. Um, so that is remain to be seen, but being able just to stick in there and not just give up because of things like that um, or having a bad matchup, you can still potentially win just because of consistency. So I, that I, I value the consistency over um, the text generally and, and just being patient, I guess. Um, so th that's kind of where I'm leaning right now going into the 2k. Uh, I'm sure somebody that's a better deck creator will, you know, figure it out and, and, <laughs> and bring some spice but we'll see um, I, I i'm sure there's going to be some spice mm -hmm. um there was a little bit of spice um in in the forms of new decks mm -hmm. when i was there for fusion strike and there was a just in general like i'm just thinking of this quick big tournament after a release there was uh some spice with new decks and there was spice that caught me off with archetypes that were like known commodities at the time right so um it is kind of cool to see what will shake up and i mean there's going to be someone that's going to keep something probably in their pocket for 
for unveiling there maybe correct that's correct. a little spicy but because i don't just i don't remember anyone yelling adventures discovery before fusion strike released i mean there there was but, rumblings that is a good card but it's not like it auto include and it, it does definitely changed the way some decks look for sure yeah so um that was one of the cards that kind of caught me off guard right. but it is i mean it's going to be weird to call but if you can build a consistent consistency is i think the biggest thing is it's just something that you can find consistency in because um there may be a, a higher number of inconsistent decks out there because we're trying the shiny new stuff correct all right i think that's going to do it for us this week was there anything you wanted to shout out there before we end this uh, episode chuck um no no i don't think i have anything else to shout out um uh no i got nothing well then we will see you next time or we'll see you on another time thanks again for listening to the pittsburgh pokemon podcast uh as always if you could do us and future listeners a favor and leave us a like a rating or a review on whatever your podcast platform of choice is it goes a long way to helping out the pod Plus, Jake, where can you reach us directly? Yeah, you can get me at Pinucks1 on Twitter, as well as Chuck at WatchWimsy and Ryan at RY4Gaming. You can also reach us on Twitter for the whole Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast at PitPokeyPod. Thanks again, guys and gals. We will see you all next time. See you later. Hey. <laughs> Guess what that movie was from? <laughs> or guess what that quote was from? <laughs> Dang it, I messed up. Cut that last part out. Just cut it out after I said the quote. <laughs> I don't I don't even know what that was from. I love you, man. I will see you, or I'll see you next time, or I'll see you on another time. Or maybe I won't. <laughs> I don't remember exactly what it was. Uh.